Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am DM Josh, aka Three-Eyed Sloth, and with me is Mr. DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. How you yes. doing, buddy? I'm good. We're back. We're lifting. Yes. We're doing, and you're an anonymous camel. Man, this is endless enjoyment. Thank you, Google, <laughs> for this weird feature. I mean, if I were going to be an anonymous animal, uh, an anonymous camel, anonymous camel seems like the best thing I could think of. Well, and it makes sense because today is Wednesday. Yes, that's true. That's it new. It just it knew. It all came together. And you know what else came together? When we tied back right now to episode 148, Urban Adventures, which featured Adam Carnivale. And that led us to, or Rorick and I rather, making Diamnastics number 122, Urban Mission Quest Thing. Some kind of urban quest mission thing. Thingy my bobber. That pop culture reference is from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. I assume from the movies. There's no way that was in the books. Uh, (laughs) No. It was in one of Tom Bombadil's many songs that he sang. The birds and their mission quest thing. That's the saddest part about the movies is there was no Tom Bomb, as I affectionately refer to him as. The Tom Bomb, yeah. Yep. So the setup for this DMnastics was quite interesting. I am quite the board gamer and so when i saw this i was like oh snap this is right up my alley because this whole premise is uh based on a very popular DD board game called lords of waterdeep so which came out in 2012 um it is a kind of a light uh euro-y kind of board game where people putting workers on the board and doing cool stuff but it actually tells a little bit of a story like you can kind of there's not really a thread like a narrative that happens it's very much a board game but yet Uh, The fact that, like, you are sending adventurers out on quests to do things for the various, you know, people of Waterdeep, uh, it kind of evokes a lot of D&D stuff, especially because, you know, Waterdeep was a real place that was written, uh, not a real place, sorry, real thing that was written for D&D, though, uh, and was an actual, like, location written for, you know, by Wizards of the Coast, Uh, so it, it, it evokes a lot of nostalgia and all that, so Neil has posted some cards that are found in Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, some quest cards that players would have to normally complete and use those as inspiration for like actual quests that players in an RPG campaign would have to fulfill. Yeah, and I think the really interesting thing about using this as inspiration is that it kind of turns up some of the normal gymnastics exercises that we have where you take a picture. But this card kind of turns it up a little bit because not only do you have a picture available, you have the name of the quest that you're going for, and you also have the kind of the composition of the party that needs to accomplish this. So you have a fighter, a rogue, a cleric, a wizard, and your four stereotypical roles in an adventuring party. But you can. The classic archetypes. Yeah, and so you can see like. These are the things needed and money and this and like what you get from it. So it really sets up to kind of easily tailor these into plot hooks or I mean, or legitimately just quests for your game. Yep. So So, the question. Oh, the question. You got me. (laughs) So the question is, which one did you want to highlight from the forum? So the one that I wanted to highlight was uh, by user Swivel Discourse. By the way, possibly the best avatar that I've seen accompanying a good username like that. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. If somebody wants to check it out, they should just go to dungeonmasterblog.freeforums.net and they should find Swivel Discourse's amazing avatar because it's a uh, perfect. That's all I'll yes. say. It's perfect. 
So Swivel Discourse wrote uh, that here he took the quest card that's called Confront the Xanathar. And the Xanathar is this very just vicious looking beholder. And part of, you know, Waterdeep is that, you know, there's this beholder that's essentially a crime lord that kind of runs a lot of the the seedy, you know, well, there's a lot of seedy crime going on in Waterdeep, but Xanathar runs like a lot of it and kind of has his many eyes on the pulse of the, the crime activities in Waterdeep. So this quest sends a group of warriors, a large group of people, but specifically many warriors, uh, a couple of rogues, and you, know, you got a wizard and a cleric to round it out to go and confront this beholder. Um, so Swivel Discourse wrote that uh, beholders being kind of paranoid and constantly, you know, kind of being very dangerous to deal with because of their personalities. They're very kind of dis- disruptive and chaotic and very paranoid uh, personalities. Um, is that the party is gone to confront the Xanathar. But instead of actually saying like, oh, this this beholder is causing problems, we're going to go take care of it, uh, finding out that this beholder is actually part of this crime family and there's some other maybe beholders or other creatures within this crime family or crime syndicate that's causing the problems. And so the Xanathar actually ends up maybe recruiting the party to do other things to root out what's going on within the family kind of godfather style of like you know some within the family's causing problems and we got to take care of them so it, the way he described it was italian beholder mafia with a lot of intrigue mystery and noir which i mean if you were to write the most perfect sentence a combination of words possible i, I think that's it right there like everything about that just makes me want to cry tears of joy uh so thank you swivel discourse for that this is quite beautiful it, there's so many things to thank you for the name the avatar that amazing idea it also made me think of pulling in stuff from star wars because it made me think of the huts mm-hmm. and getting more inspiration from that but i absolutely love the idea of taking xanathar and with all the lore that we've had recently from published material and not making it someone that you kill but right. someone that you start to have concessions with essentially like okay we will help you but these are the things you're not going to do anymore because we did help you. And there's no hiding the fact that, like, definitely not good. Like, it's not just no. because you start maybe working or doing some stuff for Xanathar. It does not imply that this beholder is good in any way, shape, or form. It's just one of those, like, necessary evils, perhaps, that, you know, the party is kind of drawn into in order to root out something worse that's going on. Yep. The devil you know, keeping Xanathar inside Skullport and saying you'll not do business in Waterdeep proper, but Skullport is yours to do as you will. Exactly. Perfect. What do you got? I've got from Captain Dial-Up, and I hear that noise, that that classic noise, yeah, in my... Oh, the worst. Neil, get Uh, off the phone! I, get off the I internet got, i need to use the phone neil oh man i feel like we just we're alienating people uh <laughs> aol you've got male pattern baldness that's right so captain dial-up chose recruit lieutenant which is a very interesting one because it definitely seems a lot more nuanced but i think kind of in the reverse way that the xanathar one turned into this espionage this turned in kind of a little bit more of a straightforward go find out what happened quest and i really like the idea that the players are tasked with the job of finding this person 
who the city of Waterdeep has chosen to be their next lieutenant. But they know that this person has essentially obligations because they've lost the last party that they were with. So the new party, your your player characters, need to go find what what happened to essentially create the relationship so that this person is free to become the next lieutenant for Waterdeep. Which I thought was like a, just a really cool twist on the idea of recruiting a lieutenant because my my gut was like what yeah what do you do with that i mean do you just like have a bunch of social skills happen or something like that but no you've lost an entire party and you have to go find them mm-hmm. it's very neat well done captain dial up and with that though sir it's time to lift the mental weights right now i'm ready lifting weights is what i do look at me lift these weights so I was going to take a look at uh, number seven that you posted on the uh, batch of cards, which is obtained builders plans. So uh, the builders, uh, you know, builders hall is kind of a, a, a group within Waterdeep. Uh, and this quest specifically involves a party going to uh, obtain floor plans. There's a little flavor text at the bottom of the card that says a trip to the map house will get you the floor plans of any building in the city. So, Essentially, uh, and the in the way that manifests in the game of Lords of Waterdeep when you play is that it lets you use other players' buildings that they construct as if they were your own. Um, or, you know, lets you have more opportunities to do that. I should say. So I like the idea of a group being assembled for a kind of like I imagine like an Ocean's Eleven type of heist, um, which is something that like don't really see all that often in uh, like published adventures, like. You know, there's some stuff where it's like, hey, go obtain this MacGuffin, this random thing, you know, from this person. But like most of the time it involves just running in and just murdering every person like a bunch of murder hobos. <laughs> but but how often does it resort to like, no, like you're in an established city where you can't do that or you're going to get killed. You have to sneak in. You have to use whatever espionage you can. Uh, so in the the quest involves uh, a couple of rogues, so that's why I kind of imagine it being a little bit higher on stealth and that part of obtaining the plans. So yeah, I like the idea of like sneaking into this kind of important building within Waterdeep uh, and trying to use whatever resources the party has, whether they're social skills, uh, maybe magic to like charm and and cause some distractions and some uh misdirection in order for the party to like get where they need to need to steal the plans and then get out before anybody suspects anything so i just feel like that's a different twist on D adventuring that doesn't come up all that often no, i like it and especially because you it has to lead to something else mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's a good hook for a bigger thing yeah it's definitely or rather i mean it could definitely be something that they do for a specific amount of money for a specific person but i really love the idea of it being absolutely necessary because of x y and z that you're going to go do in this next building right maybe the plans lead to something specific that's awesome maybe the person who hired them to get the plans uh double crosses them and so when they arrive maybe when they're like leaving you know there's a there's a whole troop of guards waiting for them because they were ratted out you know there's all sorts of cool stuff that can that can happen with that so well, and then you know, like back to the Xanathar thing of making it the necessary evil. Maybe the only way that they feel that they can protect the king is by knowing the complete layout of the building that he's going to be in. But the only way to do that is to infiltrate and steal the plans, so you know what the building is like. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. I like it. New aunts. Okay, so for mine, I have chosen number four, which is deliver weapons to Salune's temple. And the flavor text is make sure these armaments reach the temple safely. Which, and it also has a picture of someone literally just handing off a hammer. Which yep. I don't, I feel like that's the least helpful part of this specific <laughs> card, but I love the idea of just an escort quest. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out how excessive I want it to be. Is it a cart? full and so you're going slower is it something that they need to kind of keep hidden on their person so they're sneaking it through enemy lines to get to the temple that's being besieged by some terrible army i can't quite pin it down but i I almost feel like it should be the latter and so i can take some inspiration from the picture of this almost artifact level weapon that needs to get through to power the temple to be able to push back the army. And that kind of leads into a larger plot of your players need to fight this large army and maybe they get to keep the artifact once it's done. Hmm. Wow. So reward the reward. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that. The reward is super cool. Yeah. Cause the reward is, I mean, Part of the reward is actually receiving two clerics. So I I really like the idea of, is that how someone's new character joins the party? Is that how an NPC joins the party for a time? Or is it that you represent that victory points essentially with Salune's temple as maybe a free resurrection once you're at higher levels or some kind of boon possibly from Salune herself because they've been able to do this. And that'd be a, a fun way that you're not handing an artifact over, which I realize is not a small thing that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. But um, but I think a boon that kind of everyone gets would be another really cool way to reward your players for accomplishing that task. Yeah, for sure. But with that, though, sir, yes, I think we've done it <gasps> once again. I feel very swole. Whoa. But if people wanted to play Lords of Waterdeep and tell us about their ideas about how to make other cards into fun things in their game, where would they go? Well, there's a number of ways they could do that. They could email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. They could hop on the old Twitter machine and go hit us up at dmnastics, or they could find you yourself at Joe Moniak. I'm at Josh Clyde. You can also just go over to our network over at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. Lots of different ways that you can find what we're doing and reach out and let us know your cool ideas. Yep. But with that, we're going to head to our post-workout cool down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. Today's light bulb is both of us, you and me. And it's your amazing light bulb idea, almost inspired by the exercise. I mean, I feel like directly inspired by the exercise itself, which that's awesome. Yeah. That's what I love. That's what I'm here for. I was kind of trying to rack my brain of what could we do. And when I was looking at the DMNastics exercise, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Because as I said at the top of the show, I am a board gamer. I like to play a lot of the board games. And there are, in addition to Lords of Waterdeep, there are a number of D&D licensed board games that exist. Lords of Waterdeep is different in that it is like a more traditional board game, you know, where it's competitive and you're scoring victory points and it's got a more European board game style to it. But 
there are a number of D&D board games that are called they're they're essentially based on a system called the adventure system uh where they released a handful of these games that tell a story and the stories are generally based on classic D&D modules or you know published adventures for example the very first one that was ever written was Castle Ravenloft. So they released a D&D board game called Castle Ravenloft, which everybody should be familiar, I'm sure, with what Castle Ravenloft is. You know, it's a classic adventure. It's got lots of horror and vampires and stuff like that. Um, But then they've iterated on that system over the years. So they've released a handful of other games, but they've made some tweaks to that board game system. Uh, So they came out with Wrath of a Shardalon after that. Um, That one has uh, some cool components and stuff. Uh, then they came out with Legend of Dritz, which everybody's favorite uh, Dark Elf. You know, they again knew some new changes and new tweaks to that. And then finally, the most recent one that came out was Temple of Elemental Evil, which again is a classic. That's like a classic story. And all of these games have rules for like being able to to kind of tell a little bit of story. Temple of Elemental Evil has, from what I understand, I haven't played it myself, but it has campaign rules so you can actually play a series of story adventures that essentially tell this the original kind of story of elemental evil um or that that whole thing um so it's really cool if you want to experience all that without necessarily playing like a full role-playing campaign which can be a very big commitment maybe you can get some friends together to play one of these D board games these adventure games uh and try them out maybe get you know just something a little bit different you still get that feel but in a different kind of setting and and not as nearly as big of a commitment. Definitely. And one of the other kind of added bonuses for going and getting these is it's an effective way to get miniatures. That is also true. If you look at the price of the total board game, because if if you think the volume at which they're going to print and create these things to then have for sale for the public, and actually there's a new version for Tomb of Annihilation, which they refer to as the Adventure System board game. Mm -hmm. And there are 42 miniatures inside of there. So it's pretty amazing. I've honestly been tempted several times to purchase them only for the miniatures and let the board game be the bonus for me because the price again the price that you get these miniatures at is very very reasonable so for example you could buy the temple of elemental evil board game right now comes with 42 miniatures for 44 dollars. that's almost a dollar miniature which is a pretty dang good deal yeah and there's also assault of the giants which comes with 12 giant miniatures there you go see they've released even more than i wasn't aware of so they've been making them all sorts of them oh there's also tyrants of the underdark i forgot that was another one that came out let's see it's just the longer we talk the more board games there will be they're putting out a new one like right now while i'm talking like oh they just came out with another one oh you know what the fun the funniest thing is that's probably not wrong i'm dead set they're they're working on at least one or two more to put out soon actually i will warn I, I say that, but Tyrants of the Underdark is not a tr- the same as the other ones. That is a more traditional board game as well, kind of like Lords of Waterdeep. So if uh-huh. you're looking for a board game that it's more like lots of miniatures, don't do Tyrants of the Underdark. That is an actual yes. like board game, board game. So Yeah, if you're looking for miniatures, flip it over, check the box, and then you'll find out. But with that, I think we've done it. I think we've, we've light bulbed our way to success. My bulb has been lit. This whole podcast has been lit. <laughs> it is fire, sir. That's right. Uh, I don't know what to do now. So with that, though, we are going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. 
Before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as other conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you or add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running.